Hello, my name is Amelia Cortez, and my guest here is Giselle Perez. And today we're going to be talking about touch deprivation. And what touch deprivation is, is a lack of touch, though, can make us feel very lonely, depressed, ill, and even aggressive and angry at the world. Skin hunger, there is a wonderfully uh, descriptive term for touch deprivation called skin hunger. You know, uh, your skin literally hungers for the touch of touch. Oh my gosh, for another human being to feel connected, accepted, and whole. Now, what causes it? Uh, distrust towards others. It can also happen through environmental and social hazards, and lack of physical touch in general from loved ones or brushing strangers in the hallways. Even now, Giselle, how do you feel about this? How do you? How do you connect with this in, on any sort of level? When it comes to issues like um, environmental and social hazards, I can definitely see someone that was abused or hurt in any type of way tending to distance themselves from anyone else just for that fear of getting hurt again. Uh, especially with like abuse cases, there's a lot of tendencies to not want to be near anyone or get as close to anyone for the fear of that it's gonna happen again like will it happen again that type of stuff another adding factor when it comes to distrust it can happen with ptsd as well as well as like someone i'm close with a family member of mine she has ptsd so i noticed how she's really distant from others emotionally and even verbally She's not interested in talking or even touching any other people besides me, of course, you know, because I'm close with her. But when it comes to the, the overall factor of distrust, you don't really realize what you're losing along with that. Because when it comes to that, not only are you missing out on the bad things, yes, but you're also missing out on the good things that you can have in life, such as hugging someone or even shaking someone's hand in an interview. The small things are what matters when it comes to someone's mental health. Not only that, but there's an aspect of it just not being available. Like, even if you were to want that sense of touch and love, if your parents aren't necessarily the affectionate type, then that cycle's likely to continue and your children will feel the same way. And it's just gonna, it's like a big circle of loneliness of loneliness yeah in a way and if you you want it so bad and you can't have it and that will lead to more depression and thoughts of like you know things that can mess you up mentally not having that type of love or even connection with anyone so in order to identify uh touch deprivation It can show through forms of aggressive behavior, body image issues, high stress levels, loneliness, and to um, expand on loneliness. It is revealed through long hot showers in order to feel or in, in a way mock a person's warmth, kind of like a warm hug, which also relates to wrapping up in blankets all the time and clinging to pillows and even your pets. And this also relates to depression, sexual dysfunction, and fear of attachment, and unsatisfying relationships, 
which I can also understand because unsatisfying relationships, when you're in a relationship, you want that openness and you want that trust and communication. However, if you were to be distrustful or stressed out or you're very vulnerable, you're afraid of that, there wouldn't be any way to achieve that good, uh, good <laughs> healthy communication in order to achieve a healthy relationship between two people. To touch more on body image, I can definitely see that because if somebody's not touching you, you're going to start thinking, like, am I not worthy of being touched? Like, things like... Like you're revolting, no one wants to touch you. Yeah, it gets to you, you overthink things. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And, like, I can definitely see that intertwining with uh, unsatisfying relationships, especially romantic relationships, because that can cause definitely arguments and... Miscommunication. Miscommunication, definitely. And just insecurities that shouldn't be there just because of a hug, but they are, and there's nothing we can do about it because we're humans and we need that physical touch and we need to feel like we're loved. And we need love to give love. Yeah. It's as they say that touch is a way to speak compassion. It is a way to spread compassion to others and to spread empathy and love. And a connection that you can have with even strangers, like a simple handshake or maybe like a touch on the shoulder. Right. Like when you hear stories about people going to commit suicide on the Golden Gate Bridge and then someone might um, give them a smile or ask them how their day is and then they rethink everything and then their situations. Like even small interactions like that can be extremely important to the person that it's impacting, especially when... They don't have that love or anything Mm -hmm. because any type of little affection or like even showing someone you care in the slightest way. Any type of interaction. It's the little things that go a long way that can really impact someone in a good way. Right. Like when you like, like when your crush's hand brushes you a little bit and you get those (laughs) butterflies. I'm serious. It makes you happy. Right. It's a nice feeling. Right. And however, unfortunately... It's the little things, such as a violent touch in a way. Maybe, right. like, someone pushing you against the wall, bullying. This can... Touch is also very effective. It teaches us how we think about others and ourselves. And it definitely shapes our views on the world. And it's very important to consider that when you're... The next time you're interacting with someone and you know that that person doesn't like... Maybe again, like, smack on the shoulder. Because you don't know what happened with their life. You don't know right. if they got abused or if they got bullied. It can remind them of a lot of terrible things that happened to them. Right. So you got to be careful when it comes to stuff like that. Now, I'm going to touch on a very sensitive topic that does involve recent events, such as school shootings. Yes, I believe that touch deprivation or symptoms of it play a role as to why younger kids these days are committing very (laughs) aggressive acts and killing other people and even killing themselves, that maybe if they were just given more love earlier in their life or just more people that saw past their walls and like gotten to know them, maybe many of the tragedies that happen in our society... And really, the world could have been avoided through, you know, touch, loving each other, spreading empathy and spreading compassion to others. 
which increases the cycle of compassion in everyone. And I think that's really important based on the fact that nowadays (laughs) people are afraid of that. And especially now that school shooters and stereotypes and people get bad raps simply because there was just one bad apple in the batch, you know? And it's just, it's really unfortunate how through the attention on mental awareness also plays a role on this is not really enforced in a way because you know these kids they're still hurting themselves they're still hurting other people and really I think it's the fact that the adults in our lives are our role models and you know there's just some out there that just teach others the wrong values or morals that causes them to hurt each other in a very bad way. A representative for touch starvation is this convicted murderer, Peter Collins, who died of cancer 32 years in a Canadian prison. In that time, he became a champion of prison rights and made a short film called Fly in the Ointment about a prolonged period that he spent in a solitary confinement. Here's a quote that he said from his work and what it felt like in there to be truly touch-deprived of verbal communication and not only that, just interaction with anyone at all. So here's what he said. Somehow, I felt my wife's fingers on my leg. Shocked and excited, I opened my eyes only to realize it was a fly walking on me. I was greedy for human touch, so I closed my eyes and pretended it was her fingers. I tried to stay perfectly still because I didn't want to frighten the fly off and be left alone. After his encounter with that fly, Collins would soon be, well, addicted to touch in any sort of form by any sort of creature. So, Collins would bite his cheek and apply a mixture of his own blood and saliva onto his skin to attract the flies that had become his only source of living touch. Now, most people would see the situation he put himself in as pretty disgusting, and most of us would be pretty appalled at that. But you have to understand that when you're so deprived of any physical stimulation that you would go through anything to just feel that again. Like, imagine if just for one day no one touched you, you had no one to talk to, and you were just left to your own devices. No phones, just you. I feel like something in your head would... You would would, get lost in your own head. Yeah, you would definitely go a little wonky. Well, not only that, but to think of it, he's a murderer. And normally, murderers often have something mentally wrong with them right so only to add to that the deprivation of touch and interaction it really does something to the mind because humans are naturally social creatures so to be completely stripped away from that it's it's a total (laughs) double whammy to the mental stability of that person yeah and especially like he was talking about how he felt his wife just knowing that he had a wife and a family and that like he was going about his day it's not like i'm trying to defend him but like even the people who commit the heinous crimes and stuff are two humans and though they shouldn't be like put out into society they should be treated like humans at least given that like basic human dignity 
even though you don't agree with what they did and what they did can be yeah. pretty horrible but it really is harmful it, yeah it's I, really sad to look at because the fact that he came up with something to let flies crawl all over him and pretend it was his wife like that is the saddest thing i've ever heard yeah, like you have to be very desperate you have to like there's something man it's a lot to deal with it really is now, in order to aid or somewhat wane someone off touch deprivation, there are certain forms of treatment that you can do in order to help you cope with that sort of condition in a way. So there's cuddle therapy, massage therapy, and therapy in general, talking to someone. Now, cuddle therapy is very interesting because it takes a quote-unquote professional cuddler to literally cuddle you wrap their arms around you and talk with you and to uh <laughs> regulate hormones and to talk with you about what you're feeling and to create a sense of safety and emotional comfort that normally people with skin hunger don't have at all so I think that's a really healthy thing to do with people who don't have touch, you know? See, though it may be healthy, I don't think it would necessarily be comfortable. Like, I don't think... Well, it really depends even on Even I would be comfortable with that. Like, would you be comfortable with that? You know, I feel like, I'd like to try and keep an open mind about You know things. what, though? I feel like a good, like, addition, like, little modification to that would be, like, getting to know the person before that. I'm sure they Like, do. isn't talking to them. I don't yeah. know. That just seems a little bit impractical You know, to I me. would be really interested in trying that out, though. That, that seems really cool to do. Because, like, think about it. You know, he's stuck to charge you. God. Anyway. Do you need a hug? <laughs> what? Do you? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Okay. Anyway. Um. <laughs> you would, um. I would definitely agree with that statement. You would want to, you know. At least build a relationship. Yeah. Kind of like how you build a relationship through your psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it would be like that. And then you both would be comfortable enough to be taking another step. Because technically, you're forming relationships, and it doesn't have to be romantic. It mm -hmm. can be purely platonic. You can form a stronger bond between two people when it comes to letting yourself become vulnerable and willing to talk to that person about anything, anything at all, as to why you feel so lonely or how, you know anything really yeah. about life in general and how you feel about it and how you feel about interacting with people and really how can you aid that while you're releasing hormones called oxytocin you know or oxytocin oxytocin whoopsie um that is actually called the trust and love hormone which you know allows a person to be very happy and it decreases level of stress and blood pressure and all the bad things, you know, that you don't want. Yeah. I can definitely see cuddle therapy being, like, with, like, a little animal or something. Like, you know how they have, That's like, why people get therapy cats. Yeah, they That's have, like, people, therapy yeah. dogs and stuff. I can see that. Just yeah. Just it's still that warm, warm As to why comfort. we cling to our pets. Right. You know, it, exactly. it goes back to that. But, 
Also, massage therapy. I think that's like a good little. That's you know. a good addition because it's regulating blood flow. Blood flow. Jesus. Anyway. Yeah, it's beneficial yeah. in more aspects than one. Because it feels good, you know? You're releasing right. tension in your body. You're getting a few knots out of here and there in the shoulders. And you're getting that physical yeah. stimulation. We all have that. So it's a win-win, really. And finally, therapy. Everyone is familiar with it. Everyone is accustomed to it. We all need it. Personally, I think we all need it because we all have something to talk about. We all have something we need to get off our shoulders and some things that we can't tell others that we can to a therapist. That's true. Yeah, because, like, you know, when it comes to trusting others, sure, you can... How would I say this? You would be allowed to, you know, you know, scratch the therapy checklist off and not do that. <laughs> and just talk to your friends and build that trust and no longer be distrustful and willing to open up to <laughs> others. Yeah. Okay. Or you could go about it another way where you would talk to your therapist and you would feel really safe and get advice on how to deal and cope with your condition. And not only that, with other people and how to increase bonds between others. So in conclusion, touch deprivation is actually a very vital part of society and it definitely needs to be uh, looked into. It definitely needs to be raised awareness about, especially in adolescence and how you can deal with that because us teenagers, we're still trying to figure things out. We're still on a very confusing time for ourselves and we're still learning where do we want to go for college who do we want to stay friends with stuff like that that are very important you know and really you need a, all the dis the decrease in stress you can get because sats and finals it's it's not fun it's not <laughs> newsflash but really if you have any sort of symptoms with this stuff it is definitely good to check up on yourself and definitely do a mental checkup and talk to someone that you trust and someone that you love in order to, you know, be happy. Because overall, happiness is above everything else. It's right. definitely very vital to our performance in everyday life and, you know, anything that we do. That's very true. Yeah, that really is how it is. <laughs> so, in conclusion, thank you for joining us today. And if you would like to hear more... We'll send some recommendations or suggestions about what you want us to talk about next. Priscilla Mila signing off. <laughs> Thank Did you. Did you have to laugh? <laughs>